Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of our podcast with Mark Langley. I just wanted to start this morning, Mark, just by reading um, a couple of comments that have come through from our listeners. This is from Tanya. She said she just wants to say thank you so much, Mark, for your answer the other day on the Q&A. She's been watching the series with Coco and she's managed to lead her two-year-old without him trying to barge over her or nip her. It's made a huge difference to him with being much more grounded still work in progress but so thrilled and Rachel said that hi Mark she spent the last five years feeling like she hasn't made any improvements in her horse's feelings around people she's immersed herself in another method and was able to have him relax pretty well but that never really solved his anxiety when people were approaching or doing something with him after 20 minutes of your approach and retreat method he laid down to sleep for the first time he normally sleeps sitting up and now after session two, the behaviours haven't disappeared, but she can definitely see an improvement. That's from Rachel. So it's lovely to hear your comments and keep them coming in. It's great to, to hear them and it really does make Mark's day. It's really, really, really great to, to, to be able to make a difference and, you know, affect people and horses in, in such a positive way. So it's sort of, uh, I guess it keeps, keeps me excited about, 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 about doing it and keeping on going. So we're going to start this week, Mark, with a question from Anna, and it's a question, it's a lovely question, um, and I think it will reflect on how you can sometimes see things that other people may not be seeing in horses. And it's uh, to do with a horse that Anna has on lease at the moment. She's very sweet and obedient, but Anna is sensing that she could be also very shut down. Once she's caught, she seems to disassociate and resign herself to whatever her fate might be, whether that be riding or getting her feet trimmed. She's like a hollow shell. And her true feelings really only come out when it's time to be caught. So although Anna can catch her with some of her techniques that she's picked up along the way, it doesn't feel consensual or engaged more of a process of resignation on her part which Anna recognizes is not a good place for their relationship to be at now she's watched you catching a horse at a clinic earlier this year but you were down the paddock and she couldn't quite hear what you were saying but she'd really like to know a few tips on how she can move forward with this little horse and really start to build that relationship together I watched the uh the the little uh clip that you the video that you took of you catching your horse Anna and uh what I can say is um, I see quite a lot of positive um, in her. Like, you know, when, when I first read the question, I was like, oh, you know, I could imagine the catching process. But I was quite, um, you know, interested to see that the, that when you were sort of walking towards her, she still was kind of bringing her thoughts towards you. Uh, and and uh, in the video, you were just doing some approach and retreat, you know. So as you approach, she, she'd sort of think towards you and then you'd sort of retreat a little bit. So uh, with some horses, in it, you know, by the sounds of what she's like, you know, and you might have already made some good progress there anyway, but, you know, they'll sort of block you out as you're catching them and they'll just kind of go into a hard, uh, a really hard expression when you walk up to them. So it's 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 positive there that she's actually engaging with you when you go and catch her. Um, but the, the fact that they reside to the fact when you've put the holder on them basically means that, um, you know, those horses have had their you know, the right to act on their thoughts taken off them. So they basically stop thinking. It's like an emotional hobble as soon as you put the holder on. Um, so 
you know, keep working, keep doing what you're doing with the approach and retreat uh, and listening to her a little bit more in the, you know, the approaching her in the paddock. But one thing I could say in the um, catching and, you know, just in the yards and being around her in the yards is um, with the, sometimes to get a horse to like, and I, and I actually in the approach and retreat that you were doing, uh, I did notice um, she actually shifted a balance a little bit at one stage in that little video, which meant she, uh, when you retreated, she she loosened up and 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 um, rebalanced herself, which was showing that even though she was looking towards you, there was still like a, a bit of an emotional freeze in her, because uh, when you moved away, you'll see a rebalance of feet a little bit, and they're little things that we have to look for, you know, when they, when you know, because a horse will kind of go into that sort of hobbled state, and they might be looking at us, but. Um, but then as you walk away, sometimes when they have a lick and a chew or something, they'll also rebalance their feet because uh, that, that sort of little bit of a freeze goes through their body. Um, something I'd look at in the when, when you're doing your approach and retreat and you're catching her is when you go away, just turn away and walk somewhere else and turn off her for a little while. Uh, just do your own thing. Um, and that, that'll really take the heat off them. Um, where, where you can do approach and retreat and you keep staring at your horse and you, you might be retreating with your bubble, but your gaze is still over them. So sometimes I, I you know, for, to help those horses, I'll just kind of go away and then I'll come back again and go away and come back. And, and sometimes after a while, they start to get a bit curious again because it's not normal. You haven't sort of focused on them and fixated on them in the in the catching. And, and they soften a little more and get a little more curious. And uh, sometimes it brings a bit more of that natural uh, horse out of them. And that that time in the in the in the in the uh, in the yards is you know or in a bit of a paddock is is really good. And I I think you know sometimes when we're working horses, we try and be so good at what we're doing that we focus too much and we we're kind of looking at our horses all the time. Um, so yeah, sometimes I would just kind of you know switch off my horse, go and do something else, pick up a bit of manure, do whatever, just sit down on a mounting block, um, and then just go back and 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 when she engages a little bit, you know, might just go off and do something else. And, um, and, and yeah, that extra release, so, you know, help, helps them come out and, and just, just be a horse again. And yeah, as I said, might bring more curiosity, but the, the, the residing to the fact and the learned helplessness that they get in education is always a hard one to fix. Um, because if you just train them the way they were trained, it was just, you know, moving away from pressure, then basically they just stay in the same state. So the hardest thing is getting them to think again, because uh, as soon as you, as as I say, put a lead rope on them, all of a sudden they, they just go into that state. And you could you could spend all day long out in the paddock in your pajamas having good times with your horse, but sometimes as soon as you go in there with um, the idea to educate them, then they, they go back into that place that they remember. Um, so that's where we really have to change our education. So basically, like the thing thing I try and sort of <clears throat> do is like for a little while in horses and for a lot of clinics for horses that have, you know, say been lunged and driven and stuff and they just go into this sort of learned helplessness state, I might just go for a walk and lead them up and, and, and create energy by just you know, going for a walk down the paddock, pulling on the lead rope till they kind of jog up a little and just uh, be a little bit busy. When they pass me, I might go in a new direction, well, sort of, you know, and, and just stop, look at a few things, go and do something else and just... Take the take the pressure off them, but but still ask something of them, so they actually get motivated in the lead. Then stop there and maybe turn around and put your hand out, and if they sniff on you, just stand quietly with them. That's just something that's a just a good thing you can go and do. But you're still kind of getting the horse to do something and follow a feel a little stronger. Um, but the the real bit that that you need to do to help these horses is get them to search again. 
Um, and, and most horses like this that are in this kind of state, um, I, I will create a, a neutral anxiety and I'll just sort of um, put it in different uh, different areas and, and they'll, it'll worry them. Um, but when I see them looking and searching and maybe going, oh, maybe I should walk over there or what's over there, then I'll take the pressure off a little bit. And that's basically unlocking their mind to searching under pressure. And um, it's quite hard to explain in a sense of, uh, you know, the exactness of it. But basically, you're just looking for the horse to start searching and looking somewhere else and looking away from the pressure. And then and then you reward them for that. And uh, and after a while, they'll start to search again and start to breathe. And because basically, the you know, because they're in this kind of hyper-focused, slightly hyper-focused, uh, shut-out sort of state, um, they're not changing their thoughts enough so so you know when they're going away they're not thinking away they're just going oh you know just going around and um so you know you've got to create an environment where they can you know look to you look away from you and all those sorts of things and that's really the key to to, to fixing those horses up is um so so you're you're doing you know, the listening part of it you're, you're listening to her you're not just going up and chucking a holder on you actually listen to her as you approach her in the paddock that's all part of it um, but the other part is, is is getting them to search under pressure and not just to move away from pressure or move away from the pressure of the legs. Uh, and then in the riding scenarios, you're going to sit on them a lot longer and not use your legs and just get them to search under saddle. So I just pick up a rein till they move, pick up a rein till they move again. And eventually that little brain starts to work and they start to look around and they start to think about things and, and they start to carry you. And, 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 and basically once they start to go towards their thoughts and they, they think left, they think right, then, then basically they're, they're starting to unlock and, and they become a horse again. Um, and that's really the aim. But there's a few videos out there that, and there's one in how long where I'm working a horse. Um, and it's, and it'll be in the, uh, you know, in, in the sections of, you know, helping horses, um, that have been damaged with driving pressure and shut down horses. Um, but there's a horse where I'm actually creating a little bit of, um, anxiety with a flag and getting him to look away and search. And that's a really, you know, he's a kind of a frozen horse. And that's that's probably the, the sort of the mental process that I'd like you to look at in getting her to unlock. Okay, a lot in there. And Anna, there are a few videos, of course, that will be relevant to you that are on the membership. So I will put these on the Facebook group for you to go over. But um, there's in the section that's all about uh, helping shut down horses, there's a few videos on Merlin and also Black Pony. If you watch those, they'll help you. And there's also a specific video on unlocking awareness in search. Have a look at those ones. And also, I think Mark was mentioning that the Rapunzel, there's a video on our Facebook um, page, which is open slather for everyone. So anyone who's not a member can check this one out too. And it's um, about Rapunzel. That will also help you and give you some ideas about, you know, working with a shutdown horse. So yeah, regarding the Rapunzel one, that's um, that's just a, a way a horse blocks you out, and just using the flag to to draw their attention, uh, because that particular horse is blocking me out more on one eye. Um, so so yeah, getting them to when you're approaching them um, at a you know getting them to think towards you, um, if if they have a habit of blocking you out, and this is opposed to using approach and retreat. So approach and retreat has been obviously working getting her to to think across a little, but this is um to get the horses to, um, when you start to approach them a little bit faster, then they can suddenly just block out again. Um, 
so so this is a good way of getting them to sort of unlock under pressure and realize that they can think through pressure and soften and, and think towards us it's just a little window into something but it's worth watching okay mark your next question is from nino and it's a little bit more of a technical question he's been working on challenge two he's so this is um a challenge where you're trying to get your horse to understand a lot more to do with feel and also be comfortable with you in different positions so what nino's found is that the horse will come to the field but doesn't stop when the field stops he just keeps coming to him he's tried to use the flag to stop him but not very successfully what are your suggestions to get him to understand that no feel means no movement yeah um basically um you, you, the best way is, is is to put a put put the question through the rope um now there's something i will be doing a bit more with the videos on the subscription but um i for years of doing clinics i, I saw a lot of horses destroyed with people sort of putting to putting bumps and wriggles down ropes that um really were just there to chastise the horse or um and so I've been a bit wary of just putting videos out for people to use, but at clinics I'll do things like, you know, I'll put a feel down a rope to say, you know, let that go or uh, to say that's that's a boundary uh, so the horse understands through the feel um, when they've sort of overstepped so they know, you know, so basically, you know, if you had a blindfold on your horse, they'd still know, you know, what the answer is. Uh, so so obviously they they follow the feel of the pole forward, the pressure when you pull it forward, but then when you release it, they just keep dribbling forward. And the idea is when that knot starts to hang, the horse knows that they shouldn't keep walking. That That's usually the, the feel stops, the horse should stop. So there is a way, you know, like you've tried with the flag, and I'll just say it to everyone else so they know what you mean, is, is you can pop the flag quickly so the horse gets that little, oh, that's too far, and they'll just stop. Um, but that's obviously using, a, um, uh, I guess, their ears and their eyes to make a bit of a distraction to say let go of that forward uh, you know, that forward thought coming into me. Uh, so though that works and it'll still help you with the, that that um, that leading in skill, uh, the other one you could do is when you're leading and the horse doesn't, it keeps walking, is you just send a, a, a just one bump up the rope or one or two up the rope to say um, no further. So basically um, there's a certain pressure, be like coming into a bit of a wave and the horse goes, oh, that's, that, that, that's, that's uh, I can feel that there, I, I don't want to walk into that. So then they'll sort of settle down and, and, and stop. So basically, you know, once they've, if they, if they do overstep, as soon as they do, you just send a, a couple of waves up that rope to say, um, no further. Um, so the way you're kind of trying to make it feel like if you get close to a fire, you get close and there's the, the heat gets to a certain point that you go, that's my comfortable spot. So basically the horse is just starting to feel that, that, you know, that wave of pressure come, come through and, and they probably give it a little bump on the nose and it goes, oh, that's too much and then they settle back and they stand there. Um, but what I have to say to everybody, if you're going to start putting a bump in a rope and things like that, you know, I see a lot of people that pick up a rope, put a bump in it, put a brace in a horse and then leave it braced. You're putting, if you're going to use bumping, bumping's to soften horses, not to brace them. And and, and to understand it um, is, 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 is really important. So, um, you know, you're only doing it just to sort of say forward's not available um and just comfortably stand there but that'll all that, that, that that's probably the best and quickest way to do it and the horse will understand that fine but you never ever go at them walking at them just shaking their head off to make them run backwards if you want to make them back up off a rope it's a certain feel that does it and 
and and and you're using a wriggle to to loosen a horse, not to brace a horse. So 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 when you sort of advance later on, you know you, it's so important that you sort of do it for softness and clarity, not 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 to just chastise and put brace in them. Okay, and talking about brace, the next question comes from Jenny, and she would like to know about how she can reduce braces on one side of her horse. So she's been trying to get her horse Kip to float load and has had a few problems. So she said, oh, she's going to go right back and just check everything is working okay. And she's found that um, although that she's been, um, he's been trying to put her on his left side, um, she's been working more on his right. Um, and so she's been working on that. Now he doesn't want her on his left side at all. And as soon as um, he gets her on his left eye, his eye is very hard. He angles his head and he and he freezes. And she's been able to feel this anxiety in the lead. And she's been able to um, get in a position where she's um, just decided to stop asking everything. And she's just become really calm and like a tree. And he's obviously softened and sniffed out for her. So he's had a bit of a reset. And then when she asked him to come forward, um, she said that he just lifted his wither. He was really soft and there was no brace. Um, but she's wondering now, what does she, where does she go from here now that she's realised that she's sort of got this uh, difference with the different yeah, size um, and brace that's coming through? It, it's funny when you work on one side, Jenny, and then you go to the other side, you fix one side only to make the other side feel like it's got bro it's broken. Um, so, so yeah, he's always wanted to put you on the right eye. Uh, so you work on that and then now he's putting you back on the left one, put you on the, you know, so it's a, it's a vice versa thing. Um, now here's an interesting thing to think about. Um, not that it's going to completely help you, but it's just interesting. Um, but some horses are nervous with us on one side and they kind of like, Oh, I don't want you down my side. Oh, you're scary. And then you fix that. You spend a lot of time fixing that and you get try and get that so it works, that, that, that they can be on both sides and be... But then other horses that um, are a little disconnected, but they've got used to us down both sides. Um, so sometimes they might tell us, I'm wary of you down that side and I don't want you down there and you've worked on that, you fixed it. But sometimes some horses like placing us on one particular side so they can keep their strong eye available. So some horses that are slightly disconnected, they're not frightened of us on that eye. They just want that eye available. So they like to place us on the other side um, so they can, you know, some would be maybe escape, check out things, whatever, and it keeps them slightly empowered. That's just something to think about that, that why the imbalance can change. It goes from a ooh imbalance to a, oh, I want this eye available imbalance. Um, and, and that's just, you know, things that change as we're working them and and they get more confidence or they get less confidence you know that it's always changing but uh something i like to do and i'd i'd, I'd work as um uh with kip is i'd i do a cross eye thing uh and that's what i do with a lot of wild horses and stuff that are really one one-sided is basically i just walk backwards in a safe you're not not a rocky paddock obviously because i'm going to be walking backwards walking backwards and you get the, the horse squared up two eyes on and then you just swap them to that eye and then to that eye, but they still haven't come past you. And this is, you can be moving for this one because it's just, it's just a swapping eye lesson till they soften on one. So you just, they're still, uh, they haven't come past your shoulder or anything like that. They're still in front, but you're just pushing them across and they still might be about, you know, two meters, uh, in front of you and you push them across a little and then you take them down that hand and push them to the other side and you go left and right. So. And then you start to slow down a little bit in your feet, but you draw them past you a little bit on one eye. 
and then before they get to if you see them soften a little bit then you just slow, then you just push them back or you step back a little and then you take them to the other eye and you just keep swapping eyes and keep moving um and what will start to happen is well the horse's feet are you know you're trying to um get the horse to move at a certain speed and maintain that speed um that just that it'd just be a soft walk uh, you can chop and change your walk a little bit, as in you'll be walking a certain speed, and as the horse comes past you, you're slowing down a little bit till nearly you, till, till you nearly stop. The horse will get you on that eye, and then you'll swap to the other eye until what happens is you're standing still and the horse is just coming by softly on uh, the left eye and the right eye. But you're doing a lot of eye swapping, uh, two eyes on, one eye on, two eyes on, one eye on, and just keep crossing them over. And, and, and as I say, you don't pull them any further past your shoulder till they've softened. And it just builds flow until basically there's no resistance and you could send the horse by on both sides without um, without losing any flow. Uh, no freezes, no stops, no hardening of the eye, no squaring of the eye, you know, no no, no tight muzzle, none, none of that. Just just uh, nice soft soft flow and, and that'll just help help build him so he can sort of go out on either side and just get super comfortable. And and also, you know, movement is, is, is partly one of the biggest key to emotional softness and um and and um you know bracing horses is fixing brace okay your next question mark is from melissa and it's all about stomping in a float if all else is well so uh loading fine and coping with the float fine uh stomping is just getting worse potentially from impatience do you have any suggestions on how to stop it this is from melissa uh okay melissa it's a it's a hard one that stomping because it does become a habit just like just like chewing a bit when they're anxious obviously it's derived from the horse wanting to be outside and uh and they get feedback and this is a funny funny story i think i might have said it another time some while ago on a podcast but um when i was taking on horses for clients when i was a you know a fair few years ago now uh, someone said my horse stomps in the float and i said oh it's getting too much feedback. Just put a put a mattress in there, and so they went home and did it. And sure enough, the horse stopped stomping. So um, now that was just—I I believe it was a fluke. But it was interesting because when the horse didn't get feedback, it stopped stomping. So um, yeah, I'm not saying that's the the fix of it because it's actually that's just. It, but it it did work. So um, and it was like a non-invasive way to um, you know to do an experiment that's not going to hurt your horse um so you know that's something you can always try so at least they're not making that hard drum noise and drumming the float but it's not it's it's like it's like taking a panadol that's just like taking a panadol for dehydration headache um it, so but i was quite chuffed when the person said oh that really worked that's a kind of a like like a, like a, some guru or something and it's like anyway but um but now 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 i would have uh, had a had a lot more detailed answer for that particular horse nowadays but um but basically it is um it is it is the horse being emotionally separated and anxious so it's like a horse that pours the ground when it's tied up to a rail exactly the same you know just about exactly the same thing so so basically um it's it's sort of small exposures in the float and um they might be loading softly things like that but you've got to get to a stage that you can um self-load them and they can go in softly standing there and 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 you can stand at the hip and they're nice and comfortable 
with that. So so after they've done all the soft loading and, and a lot of loose movement inside the float, when they're in the float, uh, once you've done, like when people ask me about food in horse floats, what's what's the answer on food? Do you put food in? Not Not to encourage a hard horse to go in a horse float, I won't put food in there. But once a horse is soft and leading in and I've got nice control over it and its emotions are a little bit better, then um, I'll start to say, okay, well, you're allowed to eat some hay in here for a little bit just to um, distract it a little bit from being in there on its own going, oh, I'm standing in here for a long time on my own. I've got to get out because there's only a certain sort of time limit a horse has before they start to look around and go bang, 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 bang. I'm, you know, everybody's gone and... Um, and I got to get out, so so you can start to add a bit of food in there. Ha- let them eat some food, and then take them out, okay. And um and and just to sort of distract them off that that banging. But as I say, dis- distractions are just a sort of a if if you haven't got your horse comfortable enough at loading and soft, um then you know you don't want to sort of those those food things to become like a bribe to go in. But then the horse panics in there. So, so you have to have done your footwork and your, and your education first. But, but what, if they can eat in there for a small amount of time, take them out, go and do something else, put them back in there and, and, and increase the time that they go in there um, until they're sort of standing in there more comfortable knowing that you're going to take them out. So sometimes, you know, you might go in before they have a chance to pour or anything, do like that. You take them out, do something else, put them back in um, and increase the, the time have a little bit of distraction in there that helps them feel good in there and and then that float might become start to become a nicer place for them to to be in obviously it's not a nice place when you're going down an old pot ollie road um but they'll get to a point that you know that they'll become more comfortable in there um you know sometimes for horses that are really bad at traveling and and they're okay with another horse i do encourage if you have got another horse to, to travel them with for the first so many goes do it but you just remember you still got to get them to travel on their own um but too many bad experiences where they pour and they say panic for a long time it doesn't help them you're better off trying to um, add up quite a few good transitions i call it trans everything to me is more of a transition so you know if you have 10 bad trot transitions what are you going to get one good one you think you made any progress you've got to look at it the other way you need 10 good trot transitions and then one bad one out of 10 is not going to be too too bad but so it's the same with transitioning, you know, in a float, going into a float. It's it's the horse survived that float experience without too much of a, a negative um, traumatic experience. So um, you've got to set it up that the horse can do lots of little uh, float transitions, be in it, stand in it for a little while, come out and do that a little longer and longer until it, till it stacks up, you know, quite a lot of positive uh, times in the float till that old habit starts to go away. Um, there's all these old methods I wouldn't go near, which people will tell you, you know, put spider hobbles on, hobble them so they can't pour. The problem is, is if you put a freeze or anything else in the horse and the horse does panic, then you're, you're in a worse scenario if, if anything goes wrong. You're better off um, treating the cause, which is the um, the, the separation anxiety and basically uh, the, the, the anxiety of the float. So, yeah, graded exposure, I would call that. Wonderful. And if you try the mattress, let us know what it does, Melissa. Mark, we're going to leave it there. We've uh, kept your time for long enough. Thank you very much for all of your help. Thank you. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, everyone. 
You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.